Welcome to Flywheel Radio, your arts and entertainment conversation with the people who make art. From musicians to painters and everyone in between, tune in to hear the creators talk about what inspires them, learn about the tools and techniques they use, and in some cases, gain a bit of insight on how they do it. So settle in, folks. Make yourself comfortable because it's about to get all kinds of artsy up in here as I introduce you to your host, Mr. John Freeman. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Flywheel Radio. This is episode number two, and I'm here with Dave Tanner. Dave Tanner does a lot, lot in the Kansas City music scene. One of the better things Dave's known for is playing with the Liverpool Legends, and he plays Paul McCartney in that. Dave is a left-handed bass player and a great singer. Dave, I just wanted to ask you, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm doing very well, John. It's a pleasure to be with you as always. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let me grab my glasses here because I do have a little bit of questions I marked down for you tonight, Dave. Uh, hey, uh, tell me what's happening with uh, Liverpool Legends and, is, and is, uh, is the local KC Tribute Liverpool, is it still active? All right. A question with a couple of parts to it. Maybe the second ones will transition into the first one here. So uh, Liverpool in Kansas City is uh, the band that I started playing with uh, quite a few years ago. And, uh, and we played about 20 to 30 shows a year. And then I got invited to play with Liverpool Legends down in Branson. And then that eventually led to like more road shows and stuff like that. So that is my career. And uh, when I get a chance to play with Liverpool in Kansas City, which is only seems to be once or twice a year these days, then we do it. But uh, 99% of my shows are with Liverpool Legends. So both are active, but uh, my career is definitely with the Branson-based uh, Liverpool Legends. Right. And how great that you were, you were able, you, you know, you were, a, you were a really good copy editor, right? I mean, you're not going to say you were good, but I am. Uh, you, I've seen you in action because when I wrote the bio for the Oldfield Victory, it was pretty long, pretty, <laughs> and uh, you came in and edited it, and it just was fantastic. So I've seen you in action. You were a really good copy editor, and so forth. Well, I appreciate that. And, and you were pretty fortunate to actually get to stop doing that. Something you were very good at. They had a you already had a career rolling, and uh, you were pretty fortunate to switch over and do f- music full time, weren't you? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for uh, pointing that out. I. I had a career in journalism and I, I, music was a part-time thing for me and all of the passion projects that happen when you're, when you're a weekend warrior. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had a, I had a desk job. I was an editor uh, while well, I wrote for newspapers and then was an editor for years. And then I, I worked uh, for a trade magazine in the transportation industry as a work my way up to senior editor of that. <laughs> wow. But uh, that was all happening at the time when I I was also trying to get better at playing and singing Beatles music and uh, transitioning to what would become a full-time career. So yeah, I'm I'm busy with touring and playing shows now, probably 150 dates a year at the busiest. Yeah, (laughs) I did 132 last year. That's great. That's great, Dave. So I kind of pushed you back into I pushed you back on the editing thing and whatnot, but I, I want to swing you back around to Liverpool Legends and, and what's going on with them currently? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we just completed a, a pretty successful show in Iowa recently. We had a, we played in Davenport, Iowa, he, a really wonderful theater called the Adler Theater. That'll be the most recent one we will have done when this airs. But uh, we also have uh, shows in 
uh, booked in Florida and Texas and Oklahoma, Kansas, you name it. We pretty much uh, playing a lot. Um, I, I fly to some shows and I have to carry my, my bass guitars with me sometimes. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. we go do a cruise ship for a couple of weeks. And, and so we fly to a remote destination somewhere and join in with a cruise ship and it's, it's pretty fun, but that's uh, so awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really great. So, you know, you've got a lot going on with the Liverpool legends and I, I know we don't get to catch you here locally too often. I know you did have a show recently up at Liberty hall in Lawrence. Uh, and I didn't get to, to go to that one, unfortunately. Or do you have anything else coming up, Liverpool Legends, locally here? Uh, I would say in 2024. I mean, there, there, there'll be some some stuff pop up here and there. It's sort of um, something that's happened. It's sort, sort of like I, since I have been in both bands, I, I don't want to compete with myself. <laughs> yeah. Which is a funny thing to say. But, you know, the guys in the Kansas City-based Liverpool, they're like my my brothers. They're like my uncles, you know took me under their wing years ago and i i want to respect respect them and still maybe contribute when i can but uh there's also you know there's other touring beetle tributes that come through here and play sometimes and it's just it's a little bit about saturation and uh competition but um i would say liverpool legends within an hour of kansas city we will be playing uh, several dates in 2024. Okay. Um, okay. And hope to get more involved in in venues here in the in the city itself. Yeah, great. I can kind of see where where that all kind of gets married and and everything. So yeah, that's really interesting. So I wanted to ask you also. Uh, well, if, I always said if if there was if there was two of me, <laughs> I, I could employ us both. There you go. So if yeah. you know anybody. <laughs> So I wanted to ask you about uh, Liverpool Legends. They ventured all the way over. Was it to the Ukraine? Oh yeah, that's um, that was a fantastic uh, tour and a, a memory that I mean we'll, we'll never get to do that again. But that we were contacted toward the end of 2019 about coming over to Ukraine in in the early part of 2020 and doing us a, a tour of the country. And the original tour was scheduled for six different cities. And yeah, we got to go over. We flew from Chicago to Istanbul, and then from Istanbul to Kiev, and wow. then from Kiev to Odessa, I believe. Odessa. And we started our tour in Odessa. And uh, what a, what an amazing place! Uh, the cities were all unique. Uh, the people were great. The food was, I, I would say, good, but <laughs> not everybody thought it was was amazing. I mean, we all thought it was good in, in places, but European customs cuisines uh, can be a little different for the for the north americans among us right but, um, right we had a fantastic time and the, the folks who brought us over there uh were forever grateful to them and they you know from what they've had to endure since then is just it's just incredible but the, the people we knew over there they they got the heck out of dodge for a Did while they? uh when when the russians invaded and then uh slowly they've worked their way back to doing entertainment again nice they're um defying the odds and they're back in several cities that are more in the safer zones of the country and they're they're putting on shows again so i don't know if we'll get to go back and maybe it's not not the right time to go back but um yeah it was a fantastic experience and we finished that tour 
in March, early March of 2020. Think about that time. Oh my goodness. The pandemic was we right uh, there on the cusp of the pandemic. We got home. We got back to Chicago basically three days before Europe was shutting down. And then of course, North America shut down shortly after that. And then you went from playing these really awesome shows and going over and doing this wild tour that you may have never imagined you would do to almost not getting to play for a while there, right? I mean, there wasn't there a time when you didn't get to play for a while? Yeah, that time lasted about 14 months. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we um, Liverpool Legends didn't start up again until the spring, kind of late, later spring of uh, 2021. And we, did, we didn't go back to Branson. We just played a few road shows to kind of get back into it. And uh, yeah, crazy times, man. I'm, I'm uh, so fortunate to do what I do. But uh, when something happens like that and you can't do it, it can get a little depressing. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, Dave. I'm, I'm so, sure it was like, it's kind of culture shock in a way, isn't it? Absolutely it is. And I, I was online every day trying to just collaborate or find something to do to keep my mind occupied. I had some Zoom meetings with friends and family as as people were doing and just any kind of contact was, was everyone was in shock and uh, a few people began working from home and uh and good for them but but like touring musicians we either had to learn how to use technology we weren't familiar with and put ourselves online somehow or just kind of sit sit it out so yeah, yeah. Um, I did a little bit of both. And it did. The break did give you one really decent gift, didn't it? It gave you the gift to actually sit there and write your first solo record. Yeah, that um the whole process of that is starting to come back to me now. I um I bought an interface called Scarlet Focus Right, which is pretty good. And uh I started asking friends like, "Hey, you got any songs I can play bass on?" And I I did a few and I made a kind of a blues album, played on a blues album of a, a a friend a friend of a friend in England who was friends with the the Rainmakers guys, uh Paul Stanworth. I I played on like 13 of his songs. Cool. Uh, nice. Just virtually sharing files in the cloud and stuff and and then I thought, what why am I not recording my own material? Like here I am trying to farm myself out and play with everybody else. I have a whole lot of songs in my arsenal why why can't i work on my own projects so i ended up using get, getting up every day and at least doing something to further a recording even if it was only one track or one part or just a guitar piece or something just just to try to get used to recording and i ended up making an album and uh i called it passerine dream yes because uh passerines are songbirds basically songbirds that perch. So a passerine could be anything from a, a cardinal to a sparrow to a, an oriole, just a perching songbird is kind of the definition of passerine. And, and I, uh, I just thought that was a cool word. So I called yeah. my project Passerine Dream because I was getting into bird watching pretty good, especially yeah. during the pandemic. And uh, yeah, I took a couple of older songs and then I wrote a few on the spot as well and uh put a lot of a bunch of tracks together and then hooked up with uh, a fellow named paul malinowski who you're familiar with <laughs> yes i am uh over in shawnee kansas and told him i'd like to bring him a bunch of tracks and have him 
lay it into his record his mixing software and, and kind of make something out of it and uh so i did that and what a gym great yeah Thank it's you. it's a great record man it's just it's fantastic it sounds the best on vinyl of course which i should ask you how many how many copies of vinyl do you have left do you know um as of the end of november i think i have a maybe a dozen copies left are those a limited press to the point where there will not be any more or are these you know if you sell out we're not going to have a little you're not going to have any for a while but maybe we'll press 50 more if you're lucky you know kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) um I kind of had in my mind that that would be the, that would be it for a for a run of that album, and if there's a time I'm in the future that it needs to be pressed again, we'll address it later. But it's certainly not anytime soon. It's available online, and I I do have I will have CDs. I I did go ahead and get some CDs to uh, to have around, but uh, the vinyl the vinyl record is. Uh, it was a one and done. I got 200 copies and, and they're basically gone. I was going to save the last box of 20 and not tell anybody I had them for a couple of <laughs> years and then, and then open it up and sell the last 20. But, uh, you know, I sell them at Liverpool legend shows. So, um, just within the last few weeks, I've sold six copies. Great. Of the vinyl uh, alone. Just even recently. So yeah, just the vinyl. Yeah. Okay, cool, but, um, cool. I, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to to my bandmates in that group. There were members of Liverpool Legends and Liverpool on that record, as well as a few other friends who are not in the groups that I play in, but, but uh just contributing musicians we can go into as much of that or not anytime you want. Yeah, Dave. Let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about those folks because they were instrumental to making that record sound you know, become what it is. So Dave, tell me who did, who did record on Pastor and Dream with you? All right. Well, the first name I got to drop here is uh, Marty Scott from Liverpool Legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays George in the band and he's the founder of Liverpool Legends. Um, but he, uh, he played some 12 string guitars. Uh, he sang a little bit with me and, but he also did drums on, uh, I believe six of the songs. Wow. There were drums on two other songs by a, a, a sometimes Liverpool legend and very much full-time musician, uh, John Perrin. And he's from a, a touring group called NRBQ, which has been around a long time. And John, uh, he moonlights in the Beatle biz sometimes, plays with us sometimes, and he's a great guy. Okay. He did drums on uh, a couple of the songs. And then, uh, uh, let's see here. On the Little Dreams song, uh, Bob Dobro plays the like sort of the strings and the synths that accompany that song. I had Eric Vakes, yeah. Kansas City resident and a wonderful musician and songwriter himself. He was kind enough to come on and do some work on a couple of songs. Eric Vakes is incredibly talented. Yeah, he he might be a future guest for you sometime. But yeah, no, abs- I, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He was on three of the songs. Uh, Steve Davis from Liverpool played a guitar solo for me on uh, Little Dreams, the slide solo. Uh, I had a piano player named John Countryman play on my Breaking Through song. Love that and, song. Uh, love that tune. I love that tune. And John Countryman is a is a, he's lives in Nashville now. He's a also a full time musician, highly sought after person. And uh, 
Albert Bickley uh, sang some backing vocals on uh, my song called Be Together, which is actually a song we used to play live in The Depth and the Whisper, and we even recorded it at one time. Right. As The Depth and the Whisper. And And I've known Albert for a long time. He's a great, great musician and a fantastic singer, a great singer. And we'll get more, we'll get more into talking about The Depth and the Whisper in just a little bit here. All right. I hope I didn't leave anybody out. I don't think you did, but there... Help me out here. Was there a, a man from the Rainmakers that helped do some recording? Is that correct? Um, no, that was on a, a Depth in the Whisper song. Okay. Where we, we got Jeff Jeff Porter to play a guitar solo on a Depth in the Whisper song called Fall, which uh, maybe we can play a little bit of that at some point. Yeah, definitely we will. Yeah, we so, definitely will. Yeah. So let's see. I think that what we're going to do here real quick is take a short break. See if we can attempt to pay some of the rent on this fine studio, and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Flywheel Radio, the podcast that rocks. And it sounds pretty good, too. Hi, I'm Stephen Orr, and I'm not just a fan of Flywheel Radio. I edit the podcast as well. I take everything that John records, throw a little music in there, take out all the stuff that sounds like crap, and then present to you, dear listener, a well-put-together and great-sounding episode. Do you have a podcast that needs an editor? Well, drop me a line, podcast or else at gmail.com. That's podcast or else at gmail.com. All right, welcome back, and uh, we're we're on with Dave Tanner, who plays Paul McCartney in the current lineup of the Liverpool Legends, and uh, Dave's been telling us a little bit. We can't go too far, because we try and keep this somewhere around an hour. Dave does a lot of stuff, so <laughs> we can't go too far into the Liverpool Legends, because I want to talk about all these different things that Dave does, because he does a lot in the music scene. So uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about, let me just check my notes here. Uh, Because I've kind of bounced around a little bit because one thing sort of leads to another with you, doesn't it, Dave? I mean, you've got kind of like you used to work with Albert in a a Beatles tribute before. And I don't recall that was called what back. uh, Tell me what that was called. We were we were called because because. And uh, yeah, that's where Albert and I started learning how to play music together. And yeah, everything intertwines. It's like you can't put it on a if it was on a timeline. It would be like a multi-track. It would tape. like a it, the, things run simultaneously. It would absolutely. <laughs> so we talked about Pass Rain Dream, and I think next let's talk about the depth in the whisper and what's going on with them. Can we expect a new record from from the project? Well, I've been listening to some things that that Albert has has demoed, and uh, I can say that uh, there will be something. Okay. I mean, I. I'm Albert's biggest cheerleader. I always tell him, hey, get those whipped into shape. Let's get them done. Do some work on them. Uh, I'm happy to help any way I can. And, uh, of course, our producer and drummer is Aaron Crawford. And uh, he's got a full-time studio over in Leavenworth. And uh, we want to get in there and and cut some tracks in his studio. Yeah, great. great. Yeah, I would say for sure there's going to be some new music. Uh, timeline uh, will be to be determined. <laughs> the uh, the last record that you that you put out that had New York on it. Uh, what was the name of that record again? That record is called "The Waiting Is the Hardest Part." Yes, and yes. Uh, that's a fantastic record. I don't know why the name slipped me for a second, but uh, I really love the record. And uh, there's a really great video out there on YouTube for New York, isn't there? 
Yeah, yeah. We recorded uh, the video for New York uh, in the city of New York, including a live performance. The, the, the shots in the video of the live performance uh, came from a show we had at the Bowery, Bowery Electric in uh, Lower East Side, Manhattan. And um, uh, the video maker, Ross, uh, we can find his name and credits, but he's an accomplished uh, video maker. But he, um, he shot some of the footage during the day, and then he brought the cast, uh, some wonderful actors who we casted in the in the video they came to the show and they all came down into the club with the camera rolling and uh it just i don't know man it, it was video magic i i don't i don't I, I know how to play a bass guitar and sing some high notes but um <laughs> making videos a whole different thing i just thought it was a wonderful piece of art it was absolutely and, uh, really really good song really well written song has a great hook and the video is just fantastic. And I, I think it's up there with any signed act that, that you could put out there. You know, any signed well, act very much that would fall into that particular genre, which I don't even know how you can define it because it's not pop and it's not heavy rock. And it's it's kind of a different thing than anything you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Albert and I always just say, let it let the song be what it's going to be. And we don't. You know, sometimes we we want to rock a little bit, and then sometimes we can can lay back and share share more of a of a tenderness or a vulnerability in the songs or a melancholy. Um, but we we, we this, the idea is the idea, and we'll just take it and run with it. But that song uh, it rocks pretty good. Some great uh, great drumming by Aaron on that song too. And Aaron's uh, a great drummer. He's a, not only is he a really good engineer and producer, but he's a fantastic musician, isn't he? Yeah, he's un unbelievable. He's a uh, really. You guys have had. You've been lucky, really. You know, because I don't know how long the depth and the whisper sort of been a thing, because it kind of comes in and out and it ebbs and it flows. But you've worked with Gogo Ray on the drum kit. You've had Troy Van Horn come in and play some with you. You've had Kelsey uh, who played drums. I think she yeah moved Kelsey to, Cook. Uh, yeah, she moved to Nashville, right? Yeah, she moved to Nashville as well. I'm sure yeah, she's doing she's, great uh, there because she's a fantastic drummer. She, I mean, she can play to any room. She came in and played my little tiny coffee house. I think that was the first time I met you was at the coffee house I used to own. And she comes in with a full kit and I'm like thinking, oh no. <laughs> and she comes in and plays it beautifully and yeah. doesn't overplay it and does. And she plays to the room. She didn't overplay anything. And I don't even think she had to use thunder rods on everything, but she still played to where nothing was overpowering. She played with the band so well. There's no mixing. You're just throwing vocal mics out in a, in a room like that. But it sounded really good, you know? Yeah, we got uh, really fortunate. Um, we we were using uh, Gogo Ray in the very beginning, and he recorded our first uh, six-song EP with us. And then, uh, he, you know, that guy's busy. So he's always in demand, and he's playing with uh, lots of fine people, including the Daniel Nicole band now yeah. who you have on a future episode. Yeah. Um, but we needed somebody and, and it was actually Gogo who said you should get Kelsey cook. And, uh, oh, at that really? time that was, that was the right move. So that was a referral and, uh, from Gogo. It was, it was. Okay. And then we had the, she was coming out of, um, school over in Topeka. Um, she's a Kansas city resident at the time, but she was going to school over in Topeka. So Albert and I went over to Topeka and, we set up in a music room in one of their music department rooms and uh, we auditioned her 
and uh, it was a it was a great fit, and uh, we love her to death, and she did very well on the songs that she played on, and we toured a little bit. We went to played in New York and Pittsburgh and Chicago and several other places. You played Arlene's uh, Grocery in in New York too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's we ended up doing that a couple times, and uh, we we took Troy Van Horn there once too. We still nice. talk about that. Nice. We Troy's still talk about how the how delicious the tacos were around the corner of one of the taco places. Troy's a fantastic human and a absolutely brilliant guitar player. We love that guy. Yeah. Shout out to Troy Van Horn. Awesome. Troy Van Horn. He's so, uh, he's a great guy. We're going to break for a station ID and uh, Dave Tanner and I will be back shortly. You're listening to Flywheel Radio. Welcome back. We're with Dave Tanner, who plays Paul McCartney and the Liverpool Legends and local band, local tribute to the Beatles, Liverpool. Uh, We talked a little bit about his experience in Liverpool and what he does there. If you haven't been able to check out either of those bands, please do. Dave is fantastic at that. He plays some piano. He plays some guitar. He is a fantastic Paul McCartney, and uh, you should definitely do yourself a favor and get out and see one of those bands. We also talked about Dave's experience in Depth in the Whisper, which is another great project he has uh, been a part of for years. That's another band you definitely want to check out because they're fantastic. And now we're going to talk about something that's non-music related, but still definitely uh, plays right into my podcast of Arts and Entertainment. And we're going to talk about Dave's uh, bird watching, and I, I guess you call it birding. Is that correct, Dave? Yeah, birding is the is a good term. Bird watching's fine. Uh, it's mainly about getting out there and getting exercise, and and maybe trying to learn something along the way. Learn about what you're looking at. Yeah. So yeah, and you know a, a lot hobby. about you know a lot about birds. It's really interesting to me. Well. It wasn't too long ago I didn't know very much about birds except wow there's a yellow one or whatever <laughs> just just like anybody but uh I think having that reset during the pandemic really uh got me focused into you know I get out and take walks and uh started taking the camera with me and next thing you know you're zooming in on something then you want to know what it is and I just always always wanted to learn things in my life and I always thought if you stop learning then you're kind of stop living, I guess, is kind of my philosophy. Right. So the birding right. thing is uh, just a natural extension of uh, my love of of learning. And that's probably why I, I, I went and got a journalism degree when I was younger. And it's why I, I'm on this quest now to be a full-time Paul McCartney impersonator, person, musician. It's just all about learning and, and just pushing yourself further. But uh, yeah, the bird, the birding is just an extension of my personality as well. Yeah. And you've done some video blogging I've watched before. That's really interesting. I guess you do that as, as time permits, but let's talk about your calendar. You produced a fantastic calendar that happens to be on my wall. Uh, it's for 2024 and it's got a lot of really cool birds in it. I think, because guess what? I've only got January up. I haven't looked at the other at the other birds yet because I want to see them as as the months come along. So I want it to be kind of a surprise for me. I love what I've seen in your photography so forth. And you included a cool little postcard that had a bat falcon. Tell us about that. Oh yeah, yeah. The so accumulating bird photos for the past couple years. Uh, want to put them to good use. So uh, I started making calendars, and this is actually the third year. But the, the first two years were really uh, small, 
small print runs. I only did 15 the first year, 25 the second year. And I've actually gone ahead and done a few more than that this year just because people wanted them. Yeah. And, uh, but I try to put, even if a photo is not like the most crystal clear photo, maybe the bird is just too cool to, uh, to resist putting it in there. But uh, I was playing a gig with Liverpool Legends down in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas in 2022, early 2022, I guess. And um, I went to this uh, wildlife refuge, and as I pulled into the parking lot, there were all these cameras and people fixated on this, the top of this power pole. And I was like, oh, there must be a cool bird up there. So I, I walked over and kind of said, what's everybody looking at? And they pointed up at this thing and I went up and got my shots and then I went away and then I went on my day. <laughs> I didn't know that it was like a huge deal that people had come from as far as New Jersey to Texas oh, wow. to see us to see a single bird. And it was the only sighting of a bird called a bat falcon on US soil. That's, like ever. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and so I just walked up and got it and then I then I went about my day and uh I like to tell that story because it's just, that's also my personality. I'm not going to sit there for eight hours trying to get the perfect shot. My shots are all in the moment on the fly. I barely know how to set up a tripod. I just, I'm mainly a point shooter, but uh, I do, I do, I am getting into uh, learning manual settings on the camera right. slowly, but surely. And that, and that has actually really helped me just in recent weeks too with the, uh, better photos but the yeah the bat falcon is on a postcard and if you order my calendar i'll throw in postcard of the bat falcon because that photo didn't really want to blow up into the size of the calendar very well it was kind of grainy it's from right. a distance but still the bird is the bird is the bird right so right right so it's all good and how cool is that i mean to have such a rare bird you know and you managed to capture it that's really that's really great. And you also captured a flamingo on, was that Missouri soil? Oh, yeah. So um, there were some tropical storms and uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the storm in, in Ida, maybe. It was uh, several storms ago, but anyway, it came up the west coast of, uh, of Florida and then went up around over through Georgia and then back out to the Atlantic. But it, it blew a whole bunch of tropical birds up into the eastern half of the united states and uh, including flamingos and uh a flamingo ended up hanging out at a small lake near emporia kansas and uh that's about two hours from kansas city or from where i live i'm i'm no in the northland of kansas city and uh i one day it was a beautiful sunny day and i thought if i don't go try to get this flamingo now there will never be another chance <laughs> to do it so so i i just made a day of it Drove down there, got out of my car. The flamingo was sitting there. <laughs> awesome. It was another one of those things. It's like you just follow the cars, follow the photographers if you're looking for a rare rare bird. And uh, there were a whole bunch of people down there and people talking to each other about what a cool experience that was. But uh, yeah, I took photos of a flamingo in Kansas, and uh, and that so flamingo cool. stayed for about five weeks, and then then it took off somewhere. And we 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 just hope that it. Uh, it somehow caught a good uh, good air current and and made its way back south. So, uh, yeah, we I, I like to think it did. I like to think that it got back home safely to its family. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe I shouldn't ask this question because uh, 
it might spoil the calendar for me, but did you get any of the Pelican migration when it when it came through? And I, I want to say that it is Pelicans, not not Penguins, since I kind of seemed to get that wrong online the other day on accident. <laughs> <laughs> did you get any of the Pelican? That's Pel- okay. Pelican um, migration. Well, without um, you know, there's there's two types of pelicans that you'll find in North America. There's the American white pelican, which you'll see down uh, along the lakes and stuff, uh, kind of where you uh, you're going to be setting up shop. You know, down around just anything Lake of the Ozarks, Truman Lake, Palm de Terre, any of those yeah. things. Like so, during the spring and fall, you can see uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of of white pelicans there and they they go back and forth between the arctic and the uh, the gulf coast in the american south but then there's also a gulf coast sort of resident called the brown pelican and uh there may or may not be a brown pelican in my calendar john you'll have to wait <laughs> and see but uh, i will i will wait with anticipation hint hint <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're going to take a just a brief break here for a station ID, and we'll be right back to you. You're tuned in to Flywheel Radio, an arts and entertainment podcast. So, Dave, uh, with Passerine Dream, we're going to play one of your songs here in just a moment, and that song's called Hometown, but you have a story behind that. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what Hometown's about? Yeah, well, everybody's got a hometown, and uh, so on a basic level, I felt just that word is fine and... Uh, to use as the the hook of the song and and uh i wrote that based on some things that uh, my dad would tell me when i was leaving home to to go to college and kind of moving out of my parents house and he said well you'll always know where home is and uh th- those words have always stuck with me and i wrote that song initially the the first demo appears in 2015 I lost my dad in 2014, so I think on some level I was uh, writing that based on the words that he would say to me as uh, over the years, like you know stuff like if you ever need to come home or my door is always open and or just anything encouraging to go out and 